No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see where in addition to building the temple, King Solomon accomplished many other exploits. But as is common for man, he also had an Achilles heel. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 8 on Simply the Bible. The days of King Solomon were glory days of Israel. Solomon built the glorious and breathtakingly beautiful temple. He also built an amazing palace, a house for himself, that was both his personal residence and the seat of government. We continue in 2 Chronicles chapter 8. It came to pass at the end of 20 years when Solomon had built the house of the Lord and his own house. So 20 years it took him to build these two places, seven years to build the temple, 13 years to build his house. And at that time, the cities which Hiram had given to Solomon, Solomon built them and he settled the children of Israel there. Now, according to 2 Chronicles 2.10, Hiram would provide a skilled craftsman and cedar logs that he would float down the Mediterranean to Joppa, and Solomon would pay him with wheat, barley, olive oil, and wine. But Hiram also gave Solomon four and a half tons of gold. Now, how did Solomon pay for that? He gave Hiram 20 cities in the northern part of Israel near Tyre. But Hiram didn't like these cities and he called them worthless. So he gave them back to Solomon. We don't know how Solomon ultimately paid his debt to Hiram. Perhaps it was with the gold he would later procure by sending ships to Ophir. And Solomon went to Hamath Zobah and seized it. He also built Tadmar in the wilderness and all the storage cities which he built in Hamath. Hamath in Zobah was about 100 miles north of Damascus and Tadmor was about 100 miles northeast of Damascus. So what Solomon was doing was expanding the borders of Israel beyond where David had taken them. Hamath was the name of a city, but also the entire region. And there Solomon built storage cities. He built Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon, fortified cities with walls, gates, and bars, also Baalath, and all the storage cities that Solomon had, and all the chariot cities, and the cities of the cavalry, and all that Solomon desired to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and in all the land of his dominion. So Solomon was a great builder, embarked on many building projects. These two cities of Upper and Lower Beth Horon were about 10 miles northwest of Jerusalem. And Baalath was one of the cities originally given to the tribe of Dan, west of the Dead Sea. So he made these fortified cities with walls, gates, and bars. He also had his chariot cities and storage cities. Now, although it's not mentioned here, Megiddo was one of the chariot cities that Solomon fortified. It was strategically located overseeing the Jezreel Valley. 
Now, my wife and I got to go there early this year and see, we got to see Megiddo, which is called Tel Megiddo. It's up on a hill and it overlooks the Jezreel Valley, which is a very historic place. It's the scale of the Jezreel Valley is amazing, just how vast it is. But so many wars have been fought there. Josiah fought Pharaoh Nico there and ultimately died there. Napoleon fought there. It will be the site of the future battle of Armageddon. But here was this very strategic fortified city up on top of the hill overlooking it. And Solomon put many of his horses there. Now, you can see those stables today where he kept his horses. He had a total of 40,000 horses throughout Israel. But many of them there at Megiddo ready for any sort of military conflict that, that might happen there in the valley. All the people who were left of the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, who were not of Israel, that is their descendants, who were left in the land after them, whom the children of Israel did not destroy. From these Solomon raised forced labor as it is to this day. But Solomon did not make the children of Israel servants for his work. Some were men of war, captains of his officers, captains of his chariots and his cavalry. And others were chiefs of the officers of King Solomon, 250 who ruled over the people. Now the Hittites, Amorites and so forth, these were the original inhabitants, the Canaanites, whom God told the children of Israel to destroy uh, which they didn't. And so now these were their descendants and Solomon put them to forced labor in all of his building projects. But the children of Israel were his military officials and also the overseers of the forced labor. Now Solomon brought the daughter of Pharaoh up from the city of David to the house he had built for her. For he said, my wife shall not dwell in the house of David, king of Israel, because the places to which the ark of the Lord has come are holy. Solomon originally married the daughter of Pharaoh even before the Lord first appeared to him and asked him what he wanted. And of course, Solomon asked for wisdom. He had married the daughter of Pharaoh and put her in the city of David. But later he realized that, you know, it's not good for her to be where the ark of God was. David, of course, had brought the ark of the covenant and put it there in the city of David in a tent. And Solomon's conscience was bothering him about her being there. Now, she obviously was not a God-fearing woman, did not worship the Lord, came from Egypt, probably still worshiped her own gods. And so Solomon moved her to a different location because of that. Now, the thing was, is that God had told Solomon that if he followed him in the steps of his father, David, then God would bless him and he would have a descendant on the throne and not fail to have a descendant on his throne. But if he turned away from the Lord and began to worship other gods and idols, then God would forsake that place, destroy the temple and, and drive the people out and so Solomon, you know, didn't probably think that this was really going to happen to him. But the problem was, is that Solomon had ignored the word of God through Moses that 
a king was not to multiply wives or horses or gold unto himself. Solomon did all three. But here, his conscience was bothering him. And you know, this is the way sin is in our lives. Now, now this was just his first political alliance through marriage. Obviously, he was seeking to form an alliance with Egypt by marrying the Pharaoh's daughter. But he would do this many times over with many different foreign dignitaries and marry these foreign wives. And God said, don't do that because they will turn your heart away from me. And of course, that's exactly what would ultimately happen. But it's almost like Solomon was trying to build a fence around the sin, you know, and it never works. If we think we can sort of control the sin, sin will ultimately control us. There's only one solution for sin, and that is to put it to death. Then Solomon offered burnt offerings to the Lord on the altar of the Lord, which he had built before the vestibule, according to the daily rate, offering according to the commandment of Moses for the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the three appointed yearly feasts, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And according to the order of David his father, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their service, the Levites for their duties, to praise and serve before the priests as the duty of each day required. And the gatekeepers by their divisions at each gate, for so David, the man of God, had commanded. They did not depart from the command of the king to the priests and Levites concerning any matter or concerning the treasury. So Solomon began well. I mean, he was walking in the law of Moses and keeping the commandments regarding the offerings on the Sabbaths and the various feasts. He also was doing what David had commanded with regard to the divisions, the 24 divisions of priests and Levites who would offer worship and music and Solomon was keeping that all going and really worshiping the Lord in in these ways as he was supposed to and started out well. Now all the work of Solomon was well ordered from the day of the foundation of the house of the Lord until it was finished so the house of the Lord was completed. Everything about Solomon and David also they was very well ordered. They were good administrators. And you know, we are told that we should do everything decently and in order. That's a gift I wish I was better at. That gift of order and administration and just laying everything out like they did so well in the kingdom. Then Solomon went to Ezion, Geber, and Elath on the seacoast in the land of Edom, and Hiram sent him ships by the hand of his servants and servants who knew the sea. They went with the servants of Solomon to Ophir and acquired 450 talents of gold from there and brought it to King Solomon. Now this fleet of ships was on the Red Sea and seems to have been part of the treaty that Solomon made with King Hiram of Tyre, who was in Phoenicia. And the Phoenicians were skilled mariners. So they sent ships to Ophir, which is thought to have been in southwestern Arabia. And from there, they imported 420 talents of gold, which is 32,000 pounds. Now, the Lord said that he would give Solomon riches and honor among the nations, which God certainly did. But was Solomon multiplying gold 
for himself in disobedience to the commandment in Deuteronomy? David wrote in Psalm 62, If riches increase, do not set your heart on them. David's riches certainly increased. But he was rich toward God, giving 110 tons of gold and 245 tons of silver from his personal wealth to the house of the Lord. Jesus pointed out in this Sermon on the Mount that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So if our treasure is in the things of this world, then that's where our heart will be. But if our treasure is in the things of heaven, then that's where our heart will be. So if God blesses us so that riches increase, then may God also give us the capacity to be rich toward him and toward others and use those riches to lay up treasures in heaven where they will endure for eternity. Let's close in prayer. Father, we do just thank you for the example of Solomon, but also, Lord, how faithful you were to point out to Solomon the necessity for him to be faithful to you and to follow in your ways. And Lord, I pray that you would help us to examine ourselves. Lord, help us not become so attached to the things of this world that we forget about you. In Jesus' name, amen. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at daryl at calvarytv.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L at calvarytv.org. Tomorrow, we will see where the Queen of Sheba visits Solomon and is greatly impressed with his wealth and wisdom. But there is one before us who is greater than Solomon. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of 2 Chronicles on Simply the Bible.